thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we're believing God for answers Amen. for you. Amen. Release your faith. You're going to get answers today. Amen. Well, what are we going to do with those answers? We're going to put them in our mouth. That's what we're going to do. Uh, we've been looking at two words here over the last several episodes, and we're going to continue with that today. And it's the two words, hold fast because that is as much a part of the word as receiving our manifestation is part of the word. Sometimes people think that their faith is only working at the time that their answer manifests. I want you to know if you're holding fast, you're a doer of the word. You are being a doer of the word because it's part of the word and it's a vital part of the life of faith that we become skillful at this at this, at this practice of holding fast. Uh, we've been looking at some of our foundational scriptures. We've been looking at Hebrews chapter four and verse 14, and it reads, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession or our confession, what we're saying. Um, he's the high priest of the confession we make that's in line with the word. Yes. He will see to it to its fulfillment. Yes. Amen. Amen. Then we've also been looking at Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 23, which, re which reads, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. So it matters that it's not a stop and, stop and start situation. We start it and we stop. We start and we stop. Um, when we're going to see manifestation is when there is a continual flow of our faith, that it is something that we're consistent. Because you know this, um, if you have an athlete and he starts training, then he stops training. Then he starts training. Right. Then he stops training. No, it's the athlete who shows up every day that he's going to be ready to win that victory. Yes. Amen. Amen. So it matters. Consistency matters, right? And I would say this to us, any of us, if there have been things that we have laid down and have not continued with as we ought, you know what? Good news. Pick them back up. Right. Right. Amen. They're not lost. Pick them back up. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. And this is why we can do it for the next phrase tells us, for he is faithful that promised. Meaning this it'll come into manifestation. Yes. Amen. The answer, the help, that which belongs to us in Christ will come into manifestation. Mm -hmm. Then we're looking at Revelation chapter two and verse 25. And that reads, but that which ye have already hold fast till I come. 
we could look at that that verse in two different in two different angles. Mm-hmm. One being that which you've received from God, that which is manifested in your mm-hmm. life. Hold fast to it. Yes. Don't let it be robbed from you. Why? Because Satan's a thief. He'll come, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Right. But the other, the flip side of that is if we take it literally, but that which we have already. In Christ, we have victory for every situation. We have victory for every arena of life. We already have healing. It's not about trying to get it. We already have prosperity. It's not about trying to get it. We already have victory. It's not about trying to get it. Jesus made it ours in our inheritance. So when we read this, but that which ye have already, we have that. Hold fast till I come. Even if it hasn't manifested in your life, hold fast because you already have it. It belongs to you in Christ. So we could read it that way, couldn't we? Uh, Then we also need to realize that holding fast means we're not changing what we believe about the word just because we're opposed. We're not, just because symptoms come, we're not going to quit believing that we're the healed. Just because um, unpaid bills show up doesn't Uh mean we're going to quit believing that we're, that God's our provider. He's still our provider. No matter what shows up, he's still our healer and healing belongs to us no matter what opposes us. So that is a part of holding fast. And we were quoting a precious woman of God who really had a, a, a prayer life that was so effective. And she made this statement, people quit too soon. Don't quit. And when we hold fast, we don't hold fast with a loose hold. We hold fast with a grip that will not come off. Amen. And then Galatians chapter six, verse nine, it says, be not weary. And where, where can you go weary? Up here in your thought life too. Not just your physical weariness, but nothing is more tiring than when the mind quits. <laughs> when the mind tires out. Be not weary for in due season, what's due season when it's ripe for harvesting for in due season, we will reap if we faint not. Now notice it doesn't say God will reap it for us. We do the reaping. We will reap. How are we going to reap with our confession holding fast? Amen. Um, I was, I was going to take some time today and tell about a, uh, an, an experience that I had Um, there were some symptoms that I'd had in my body years ago. They weren't necessarily, it wasn't something that interfered with my daily life, but it was a nagging something that medically can't be cured, but it's nothing life-threatening. It's just a nuisance, you know? And um, I finally... I just quit putting up with it. How many of you know sometimes we put up with stuff? And I've learned this. God will let you have everything you put up with. (laughs) When we are done putting up with it, he'll back us up. His power will back us up. And sometimes we just have things for one reason. We just put up with it. We put up with things too long. Well, I decided, you know, I'm going to quit putting up with this. And um, I had been on a medication for it uh, just because it helped keep it to where you didn't really have much of a, a symptom of it. Mm-hmm. But at one part, the, the medication, after maybe a year or so of using that medication, then uh, it started causing nausea. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no, 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 I'm not living my life right. that way. Right. And so I just thought, you know what, Nancy, just do what you know. Right. Yes. Right. 
quit putting up with it. And so I just took my stand against it, made my professions, my confession of faith. Why? So my great high priest could hear me and he would know what it is I'm believing for. And why our great high priest is listening. He's listening for what we say about it. And so uh, I, I spent maybe a day and a half that I was really focusing on. I had just taken that, taken my place, so to speak. And I was, I was worshiping God, thanking God, holding to the word. And um, in a day and a half, after four years of symptoms, in a day and a half, the symptoms left. That's how all conquering the word is. It didn't happen instantaneously but it happened uh, over a quick, uh, a short span of time. Uh, we, we have to, with our faith, get free from the clock in the calendar. Whether it's longer or shorter that we stand, we've got to become independent of that. Because faith, faith still needs to keep taking its place. But the symptoms after a period of time started trying to come back. And one night I had a dream. And in this dream, and let me say this, every dream you have is not from God. Let me just help you. (laughs) Let me help you get, not become confused. Everything you dream is not from God. I don't care how spiritual it may seem. Uh, One thing I've known about dreams, when I know a dream is from God, number one, when I wake up, the anointing will be there. Number two, I'll know the meaning of the dream. Number three, it won't put any fear in me no matter what I see. Absolutely, it will be peaceful. I'll be at peace. Nothing of what is shown me will trouble me. If you got to run around and ask people, what's what's this mean? What's this mean? It's not from God. Because you're an intelligent being. He's an intelligent being. And he doesn't have to have you ask 49 people to define what they didn't see. If you had that dream, they can't define it, you know. Now, don't misunderstand me. You know, we know that Josh, uh, Joseph, he, he could interpret dreams, but that's not talking about somebody had a dream every night and he's in there interpreting things. For I'm, I'm talking about something that's going to keep us balanced and sound. But in this dream, it showed me something. It revealed something. And I was in the back, I was in a, a, a backyard I didn't see a house. It was just a yard of grass. And I was laying on my back. Have you ever, when you were growing up, you laid out in the yard and just looked up and you watched the clouds and counted the animals you saw in the clouds, something like that. Just, and it it was just that uh, without any purpose. I was just laying there, just laying there in the grass. And I was laying flat on my back. And for some reason, I turned to my, to the left side to look. Um, I don't remember hearing a sound, but I just looked. And when I looked there, there was a serpent that was right here. It wasn't at a distance. It was right here. It it had been moving toward me. And by the time I looked, it was already right here. The only thing about this serpent, because when we think about a snake or serpent, we think about, you know, a head this wide or, you know, maybe this wide, whatever. It was over a foot wide. It was massive. And when I looked, its mouth opened. And you know how if uh, something comes at your face and you have time to turn away from it? This happened so quickly, I had no time to turn. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it was just right here. And when I looked, that mouth opened. And I'm thinking to myself, it's going to come in on my face. But it didn't. It went up and clamped onto my head. What was that? A sign, it's after the thought life. It's after your thoughts. It's after the mind. Because if you think wrong, you'll believe wrong. So I recognized the moment um, and it clamped on my mind, on my head. The moment it did, I was lifted up out of my body. It was like my, my spirit lifted up uh, and I was just lifted up. When I saw the head of that serpent, my goodness, it was so intimidating. It loomed so large. It was so much larger than my own face, my own head. And so it was, it was dramatic in its appearance. But when it clamped on my head and then I was lifted up and I was looking down on the scene, I looked down and there I saw my body there, but I saw the total of that serpent. Mm -hmm. When I was lying in the grass and it was face to face, it was large and looming. But when I was lifted up, what I saw was the length of it was not maybe a foot. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a total body. It was a head that had been ripped off of a body. And it was not a clean cut. It was a shattered, um, yes, thank you, jagged, torn apart. You could tell that thing had encountered something vicious that tore it up. And I go, Oh, you got nothing to back up what you portrayed to be. There's no life in you. There's no ability in you to, to perform what you threaten. I realized it was a defeated serpent. It had already been dealt with. I, I, I wasn't left to defeat that thing. It had already been defeated. And I mean, it was shattered. And I go, oh, you look a lot different from this vantage point. Because as I said, at the initial attack, it was looming. It was large. It was intimidating, just naturally and threatening but it only had a bite. It had nothing to ruin, nothing to destroy. It portrayed itself as vicious, but it was utterly defeated. Glory. Um, have you ever seen, there are some kinds of reptiles or even some kinds of chickens, you, animals, chickens, when the head is cut off and out of just reflexes, the body will still keep, muscles will still keep moving, still keep twitch. I go, oh, that's a dead serpent. And it's just a muscular reaction coming at you. It's just, it's dying reflexes. It is completely defeated. Laying on the ground, the view of it was misleading. Yeah. Uh-huh. But up above it, that view, that view. 
I saw its utter defeat, yes. its inability to harm. I realized it was the effort of the serpent to portray itself as vicious. Well, that's in line with what we're told in the New Testament when it said Satan walks, the devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Who can he devour? The ones who believe the roar. The, someone who believes the roar of symptoms, the roar of lack, the roar of troubling thoughts, they roar. The roar isn't silent. It's there. It can be felt. It can be heard. All of these things, but it's still, it, it, he's just as a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. He is so defeated. He is so shattered. I knew this, that what I saw in that dream that God was showing me, it meant that don't be duped by lingering symptoms. Just because symptoms returned did not mean they now had life. The lingering effects of a counterattack from the enemy trying to portray itself as vicious, but I still, but I knew something. It's been cut off. It has been cut off. That's the whole, that's the devil's whole strategy, deceive. He's, the Bible calls him the deceiver. He deceives people into thinking he is more than he is. And how does he become more than he is to them? The way they talk. What they think on, their conversations with others, how they build him up in their thought life. Um, Dad Hagen used to say this to us. He'd warn us and he'd say, you know, most people think that the devil is some big old giant fella and God's some little bitty fella. God is great. Satan is defeated, destroyed. He is ripped apart at the seams, unable to fulfill when we do not believe his threats. You say, well, Pastor Nancy, I I see him working his plan against others. It's because of wrong thinking. Amen. We have to take on the thoughts of the word so that we don't believe the wrong thing. So when symptoms try to come back, or symptoms come. Uh-huh. Or after you've received your healing, if they try to come back. Um, if lack comes, unpaid bills come, remember the head's gone, the head's torn off. There's no body, there's no substance to back up the threat. Amen. Hallelujah. That was letting me know I would not let any symptom convince me that the devil was more than he was. What is he defined as? Utterly defeated, destroyed, cast down. Hold fast for us to hold fast. Now that's what we've been talking about. Our holding fast to the right confession can only happen because we hold fast to right thinking. Yes, that's right. The devil deceives people 
through getting them to think wrong about situations, wrong about other people, wrong about opposition, wrong about things. And we believe the wrong thing and then the wrong thing then has an open door to operate. So to hold fast to your confession, your profession of faith, you also have to hold fast to right thinking. Amen. Amen. Because... Before you receive a manifestation, the devil's going to try to dupe you. He's going to try to deceive you that it's not going to come to pass. But also after you receive a healing, after you receive a miracle, after you receive an answer to prayer, he's still going to try to come back and try to what we call launch a counterattack. And uh, we, we have to know this. Um, we still have to hold fast. Our holding fast doesn't end. It's a lifestyle, but it's not a hard lifestyle. When you think right, it's just a flow of your life. I just, it naturally, uh, with, with a, with a renewed mind, you just naturally just resist what's not of God. Amen. And you receive what's from God. When something is received from God, when an answer, a healing, a miracle is received from God, sometimes it may seem like in that counterattack that what you received is being diminished. Mm-hmm. That, you, you know, uh, healing or pains uh, are trying to come back. Mm-hmm. We, have to, we have to know this. What's the remedy? Well, it goes back to what we've been talking about. Hold fast. I said hold fast. I want you to um, go with me to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, and we're going to start reading in verse 1. It reads, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Verse 3 who being the brightness of his glory. So he says, Jesus is the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person. Well, what's that mean? To see Jesus, to know how Jesus operated, to know how Jesus spoke, to know how Jesus moved. Now you see how God operates. He was God in the flesh representing, representing so that we could hear and have record of how God is. Yes. And it says here again in verse three, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, look at this, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. I want you to see this phrase, upholding all things by the word of his power. Now it says here, At the end of verse 2, speaking of Jesus, by whom also he made the worlds. Mm -hmm. So he made the worlds, but what he made still had to be upheld. It's upheld by the word of his power. So God knew this, what he created, he couldn't just walk off and expect it to just remain. He had to not only create it, but his power had to be there. The word of his power was there upholding it so that it stayed as it was intended. 
And aren't we glad about that? Yes. The solar, look at the solar system on this course of, that, of all of that, that course that it's on. That's not just happening by mistake. That's happening because it's being upheld. God is still participating. How is he participating? By the word of his power. So anything he put in motion, he sees to it that it stays as it ought to be. Amen. What, what's that mean? What you receive from God still has to be upheld. Right. Who received it? You did. Right. Who's got to uphold it? I do. You do. You say, but it's his working. Yes, but it's your faith that invited him to work. That's right. And it is your faith that is going to continue to be released yes. to uphold what you've received from God. And how does that happen? By your confession, Amen. holding fast Amen. to your confession. Amen. Let me give you an example of this. There was a woman that would attend. A pastor was telling me about this woman, his church. She was a new attender. He didn't know who she was. And he said for a period of time, after she began attending several of his services, every time he would refer to Jesus as the healer, this woman, no matter what was going on in the service, would stand up and start lifting her hands. Now, she wasn't distracting. She wasn't doing it to draw attention to herself. She didn't disturb the service. But he said to her after a period of time, he said, I noticed that every time you hear Jesus mentioned as a healer, said, you stand up and you just lift your hands and you worship. And she said, Pastor, she said, 15 years ago, I was dying of cancer and Jesus healed me. I cannot hear him referred to as healer and me not remember and me not honor and reverence him for how he saved me. What's she doing? She's upholding. Through that confession of praise, through that, com that confession of reverencing God, worshiping God, she's upholding. The devil can't steal from you what you're grateful for. The devil can't steal from you what you have honor and regard for because the devil would love to steal everything he can from you. Uphold it. Hold fast to it by what you say. Can continue to think. It's not we're afraid we're going to lose it. It's because we're in the flow. I honor what I've received and I'm thanking you, Father, for what I've received. Thank you for what I've received. Amen. We refuse to let it be stolen. Amen. And we're not afraid it's going to be stolen because we're going to uphold it by our honor for what God has done for us. Amen. We're here today because Kenneth Copeland Ministries sows the airtime for this broadcast. We believe the broadcast and all the programmers on this channel are a blessing to you. So we invite you, if you're not already a partner with Kenneth Copeland Ministries, pray about that because it's through the partnership giving that Victory Channel is able to gift all this airtime to the programmers. Yes. And what an honor. And to get to hear the word 24 hours a day, the word of faith that's being preached through every programmer. So if you're not already, pray about becoming a partner and you can go to kcm.org and sign up to become a partner. And it's an honor. It's an honor. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you.
to watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. We invite you to join us for our annual prayer conference here at World Harvest Church in Marietta, California, April 4th through the 6th. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.